All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Nefesh Podcast. This is episode 55, and I have a special guest. Joyce Horton is joining me all the way from Connecticut. Is that right? New York. New York. For some reason, I thought it was Connecticut, but New York. Wonderful. Well, we are glad to have you. And Joyce uh, and I have had the opportunity to talk um, as she was one of my students in a spiritual formation class and talk about uh, her journey, her journey in ministry. And uh, she, you will present a, a different background maybe than, than one that we've explored um, in some of these podcasts coming from the Methodist background. And so that's going to be really exciting to kind of look into that and um, you being a female in that, in that role, especially, and, and just wanting to seek the Lord's will for your life and for your ministry. And so welcome to the, to the program. Um, tell us, having, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am almost 50 years old and I have been, um, I've been a Christian. I'm walking with the Lord since, um, really since the beginning of my life. My parents are very involved in, um, I was raised Baptist, so they're always had me involved. I've been going to church, um, just about every day of the week since I was an infant. Um, but for myself, uh, I found the Lord for my own, uh, when I was about 15. Um, just, uh, it was a little bit challenging for me because my family was so involved with church. I found myself in a place where I really wasn't sure if this was my thing because it was mine or because it was what my family always said was the right thing. So right. it took me a little while as a teenager to sort that out. And, um, when, when God showed himself to me personally, mm-hmm. I knew that was where I was going to go from there. So well, it was, I, what was that like as far as your encounter with God? Um, it actually happened um, in a, a great big stadium with a lot of people. Um, I, I really just sat there and I said, Lord, I need to know if this is for me, if, this, mm-hmm. if you are here for me, and right. this isn't just something that I'm being carried away with mm-hmm. here because it is such a part of my family's life. And I need you to show me, I need you to show yeah. me that this is uh, kind of, my mother would say, flo- throwing out the police. I, I asked him to show himself to me. And as yes. I was sitting there, I just started to cry. And, and I wow. knew I was not one of those um, teenage girls that cries about everything, you know, um, it was, that really was not a thing I ever did. And so when I started to just feel the tears pour down, I knew that I knew that that was God speaking to me directly. So from then on, it's now at that since then you've been serving the Lord. That's awesome. And at that time, did you feel a call to ministry? Um, I think I always did. I think that, uh, that was just the affirming that I needed that. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is God speaking to me. And then, um, from there, I just continued with you know, youth group and um, my own family started like when I was 20. So I have a wonderful husband that that God has given me because he is he is the strength and the one who is able to, you know, for the most part, make the money and that kind of stuff and allow me to run youth group and sing in the choir and do all those things that I love to do. You were raised in the Baptist tradition and there are some which 
which Baptist tradition is it in? I know in particular Southern Baptists have not been um, open to allowing women in, in as pastors. Um, were you raised in that tradition and did you have any experience or encounter with that? Not really. Um, I, I guess I never really let anyone tell me that I shouldn't be, um, <laughs> you know, right. Um, for the most part, because I've always gone to a small church mm. and small churches need everybody that they've got sitting in the pews, you know, yes, so do. there was always jobs for me to do. There wasn't anyone that said, oh, I, we can't let you, wow. you know. So I, I just jumped right in, you know, yeah. that's never been a thing. And since I have moved, I really moved essentially to Methodism because it was more convenient for our family. You know, we don't live in a huge town where there's 25 churches to choose from. We live in a small rural area. So, yeah. you know, two or three is about it. And I met right. the pastor at our, at the mess of the church, um, right in the town that we live. And he was wonderful and welcoming. And we decided that that's where we were going to bring our children to and, and raise them. So now you are, and you're heavily involved in the church. I mean, you do almost everything. Are there other people who are as involved as you are? Do you have the title of a pastor? Um, how does that work there? So the Methodist church um, has more of a lay minister type of term for okay. it. Um, so I cannot serve sacraments and things like that, mm. but I essentially can do just about everything else. Um, okay. So the, the pastor, I just spoke with him last night. He is, he's Korean speaking and he's, he is full-fledged Korean and he is going back for two and a half weeks to see his family after 12 years. Wow. So he has asked me to take over um, two of those services while he, he will be away. So Wonderful. the whole thing from soups to nuts, finish figuring out the bulletin and what songs I want to sing and all that stuff. So as well and as in, as well. in the Methodist tradition, it's, is it, it I just recently visited, um, visited a Methodist church it's very kind of structured as far as you, you know, what song you're going to sing out of the hymn book and you're going to do this prayer. Uh, it, do they follow a lectionary, which is a lectionary is something um, provided either by the denomination or by other kind of publishers where you go through the, uh, you have a whole year planned with topics and scriptures and sermons. Um, do they follow something like that? Uh, because it seemed a little structured when I went. It does. But I have found that if you're asking someone that's part of the conference, then yes, there is a very structured set of rules. Okay. And I could certainly follow those if I feel comfortable doing that. Sure. But it really has more to do with who the pastor is there and what okay. the congregation feels comfortable with. And he essentially does not follow it much himself. Okay. Um, when we are, you know, obviously in the Easter season, the Christmas season, mm -hmm. you know, any specific season that he wants to make sure that we are following um, something that will tie us to other. And they've heard the same thing you have. And it makes you feel like, oh, wow, wait, I, I heard the same message today. So in that respect, <laughs> it is kind of good that, that we yeah. have that something to tie us together. You kind know, that, that but you for the most part, no, he gives us free reign, whatever we okay, like. Okay. Kind of that unity across churches and uh, the lectionary. Uh, it can be, it can be really, 
neat. I, I don't know that I would want to be in something that required it every year after year after year. But there's something about, yeah, like you said, the unity of, and even during the like Christmas, what we would call the Advent season prior to Christmas, where you're, or even Lent um, is it ties to Easter, where you're practicing these things together with other believers all over and knowing that you're that you're thinking about these things and sharing these things uh, together with each other. So for the next couple of weeks, you are in charge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and has that has been before? Have you had opportunities like that to, to minister before? I have. Um, because our area seems to be lacking in an overwhelming amount of ministerial people, yeah. um, I've often had to fill in pulpit supply and things like that for other local churches, wow. uh, Methodist churches, as well as uh, Presbyterian churches and stuff like that. So um, they've called on you to say, hey, we need a preacher. Come on over. Right. Wow. Especially when there are big things happening that take yeah. a lot of the ministers, if it's conference going on or something, then they're really kind of having difficulty pulling those people in um, to take care of their congregations while they're away. So you, I have you had can... an opportunity to do that. And I, I love it. It's stressful. Yeah. It's very stressful. Um, <laughs> but it, it is it is great. <laughs> so you've yeah. been doing this for a while, which is really neat. And uh, obviously, two different perspectives. I'm coming from a more uh, maybe urban uh, area, particularly California. There are parts of California that are rural, in case people don't know, but it's it's a lot more urban than I think other other uh, parts of the country. Um, but it's interesting in these rural parts that there it sounds like there are a lot of opportunities to minister this uh, regardless of your gender that if you have that calling and even that experience or education um, that they're pulling on you needing you to, to step in and, and fill those roles it's really neat and you are currently in your first or your second year of bible college first i'm just starting okay. the second trimester so have you had did, did you have any other education prior to this um in in like bible training or was this kind of have you been just like learning on the job in serving in your various roles? <laughs> Mostly learning on the job, yeah. I have to say. It's kind of a sink or swim. Here you go. You're teaching vacation yeah. Bible school. Or, yeah. You know, you're going to be the superintendent. Great. Here you go. You know. Wow. Um, but I would say that's one thing that's nice about being part of the Methodist Conference. They do offer quite a few lay leadership training courses. So I've been able to, to take courses that prepare me for how a service should go. You know, what are the general things, the pieces that I should try to fit together and where do I find that information? Very helpful. Yeah. Um, they also provide training for, you know, if the minister is having difficulty getting around to visit people mm -hmm. and or maybe he's got 10 different people that are saying we need you to stop here. He can call me now after taking this course and say, could you meet with them? Find yeah. out what the situation is. What yeah. what do they need? Um, yeah. Do they need a visit from the pastor? Or maybe this is something where you could plug in some. Uh, more community-based programs and things to help them through a difficult time and right. then come and fill me in, you yeah. know? I love that. And so you've been doing this, it sounds like, you know, since you, since you really surrendered your life to the Lord, you, at least you felt called to that. Had you been for the past 30, 35 years, have you been this engaged with church 
wherever you've been? I can't believe it's been 35 years. Yes, the time flies by. Um, I, I would say I've been the most invested with the youth. Um, and I find that I'm getting a little bit tired of that maybe as I get older. Um, sure. But, you know, my children were involved. So teen group and things like that, retreats, mission trips, all those kind of things. That was a lot of my focus, where mm. now I seem to be getting into more of the workings of the church. Um, I'm, I'm the chairman of the trustee board, as I mentioned um, at one of our other discussions. So that's, we've got some big projects going on right now. And so that's taking a lot of my time and effort. Um, and then being part of the choir and um, helping get our vacation Bible school done and stuff like that. So yeah, lots of different hats. I love that. What is the, the most fulfilling part of ministry, and I, I asked you this, I think, when we were talking maybe about a week ago, whether or not you were in a paid position. And I think you mentioned that, you know, they've offered to pay you, but you you have preferred to stay in the freedom of not being paid. That way you can actually say no if you want to. Maybe explain that a little bit more. So I am a person who has always had difficulty making a schedule. Um, I'm not someone who's ever going to hand out a schedule of the next eight months worth of stuff to do. Um, uh, but if someone were to call me today and say, Hey, tomorrow we could go on a trip with the kids. If you want them to go, I'll say yes. And we'll get it together and we'll go and do it. So right. I have enjoyed that flexibility. Um, and I think the kids have as well. I, I feel like probably for the, 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 earlier years up until maybe 10 years ago, I felt definitely that the most, um, that God was calling me to work with youth. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, when they sit there and they're soaking up the love of God, just waiting for you to say the next thing to them, um, give them hope, give them peace in their lives of chaos and commotion. Um, that has just been a wonderful blessing to me. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that maybe I'm moving from that, transitioning into more of a um, sermon, um, women speaker, those kinds yeah. of areas um, as I get a little bit older. But uh, the, the children have definitely been my calling for, for most of my career with that. <laughs> and in those traditions, again, it sounds like, particularly for Methodists, it, it sounds like lay ministers are really more of a thing than let's say a bigger church where you have multiple pastors and multiple paid pastors. So in that way, there's a lot more opportunities for people to serve without having, um, you know, this official pastor title. Have you found that to be the case? Definitely. Um, they're really, you know, we, we run things by our pastor um, just to make sure that it fits in with what he's thinking and, um, our staff parish relations committee also mm -hmm. is very in tune with what the congregation wants. Um, but for the most part, we can really explore what areas we want to be involved in. I, I have not, I have yet to come across somebody that says, uh, well, you're not cut out for that, or mm -hmm. I wouldn't want you to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of things play into that. Everybody else is, is working together. We're on the same level. So we feel comfortable with right. each other. It's not like I'm in charge of you. Um, so we can ask each other different questions. We can find out how things work best for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, if you want to get in, just jump in, mm -hmm. you know, um, trying to get people, other people 
to feel comfortable in that. I would say it is, is a challenge. Yes. I feel comfortable in it because I've always been in it. Yeah. But for someone else who's just sitting in a pew for the first or third time and they're saying, I, I don't know if I'd be good at this. I don't know mm. if God would want me to do this. You know, we just say, yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> <laughs> so would you add to pastor your own church? Uh, a lot of people have asked me that lately, you know, you're going to Bible college. So that means you want to be a pastor of your own church. And I don't know. I don't know if that's what God wants me to do. I have, because I am kind of a fly by the seat of my pants. Kind of person, mm. um, I don't know that I would be happy in a consistent every Sunday. Maybe I would get bored with that. Mm. I don't know. Sure. So maybe God will keep me more of a, you know, here on this floater. Yeah. Someday, you yeah. know, because a lot of people don't like to be thrown something sure. like that. And yeah. I don't mind that. I well, I think what you're describing is very, very neat. I think there is, um, you know, this idea of, of being able to be flexible and kind of a jack of all trades, as they say. And the again, you, you're not looking for the position, the power, the money you are you're doing ministry wherever it is needed. And um, I don't think that has anything to do with your gender, just your, your calling and your personality. Yeah. And I think you're walking in that, which is really neat. One of the things that you and I have talked about um, is the kind of the spiritual formation and the discipleship aspect of churches today. And, and um, I, people know, I think by now, my frustration with the lack of discipleship that's taking place in churches. And, um, and obviously in smaller churches, um, in churches where there are maybe just one or two pastors or just in you know, churches that maybe are struggling to kind of survive or keep people in, it may be hard to think about focusing on discipleship. What, what does that look like for your church or how have you been able to incorporate you know, discipleship more in, in your, your influence there at the church. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that sometimes it is too easy amidst the struggle to keep everything going and um, just get to the things that are already on the list, you know, that people often kind of put that to the side. Mm -hmm. And we're finding that I, that's kind of why we're struggling, because we don't, first and foremost, have that commitment to where am I with God today? How is he filling me up? What does he want me to do? Right. Um, we're too busy struggling. How do I do this? How do I control this? How do I make this happen on my own steam? Um, right. Which I often find myself falling into, I have to say, I, I yeah. you know, I can get this done kind of mentality. Right. Um, but it, it is so important to stop and mm -hmm. just let God answer those questions so we don't have to struggle with it yes. um and so i think that has to come from every uh every person who's got mm -hmm. a job or who is involved in something it, it needs to start with all of us and if it isn't happening then don't be afraid to say we need to slow down that the mm -hmm. the agenda does not is not the end all be all we need to we need to stop and i think um our, right now, uh, the person who is running our administrative council, she is a woman also, and she starts every meeting with 
a, a little Bible, you know, a little mm-hmm. snippet, a little prayer, a little let's get right with God before we move forward in the business of our church. That's and right. it's refreshing. Yeah. Going back to this idea that um, so in the Methodist denomination, they they own the churches, they own the church buildings and church property. Um, with the with all of the the splits and the uh, the controversies that are going on within the Methodist Church, um, it seems like that is then what is what is affecting the smaller local churches and perhaps limiting their ability. And I wonder if this maybe we can go back to the previous question about discipleship. You know, the the Methodist denomination is trying to keep everything and everyone together, but in that that focus upon keeping everybody together and keeping everybody happy. I'm, I'm just, and keeping the funding coming in. I I'm, I'm wondering if that is causing then a lack of true discipleship to take place, spiritual formation to take place within the local church. Churches were designed to be a place to, to encourage, promote spiritual growth. And what they've become often is just a place to go and to attend and to do my, my, weekly, my weekly church duty. Um, and so it, it seems as if uh, some of these challenges might be affecting our, our ability to actually encourage spiritual growth. What are you seeing in your particular uh, church? I would say that that's certainly, it is certainly impeding um, you know, with anything, when you bring in a problem, mm. it takes your focus off right. of, and instead True. of, instead of going towards God mm-hmm. and just asking for the clarity and the truth to be yeah. shown, um, we tend to want to fix it ourselves or, or be able to control it, um, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a capable person and it often has gotten me in trouble because mm-hmm. I will try a hundred ways on my own to do it. And then when I have exhausted it all, I will say, Lord, <laughs> I need your help. Right, <laughs> and right. that's when he says, duh, you should have just asked me to begin with. <laughs> right. Thinking back to your church, how many of your church members are typically involved? As you were mentioning before, is it is it a challenge to get people to see their their need to be involved and engaged in the practices of the church? I would say that we have a very large group um, that are completely involved in everything. Yes. Um, if we had, if if I could just put a number on it, if we had 150 people total, I would say there's a good 60 that are the backbone. They're the ones that are at every meeting. They're the ones that are baking for everything. And they're the ones that are saying, yes, let's move forward with that. We can do this. Let's, you know, certainly giving money, giving their time, all those kind of things. So right. I, I don't think I would be able to keep up the pace, you know, if I didn't yeah. have others around me yeah. helping, encouraging, you know, that is so necessary. If it's not there, you can't keep it up for too long. No, not as not by yourself. You can't. Well, Joyce, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. What I I love in particular is 
just your your heart for ministry and and you are doing it wherever God has has planted you. Robert Schuler years ago wrote a book called Bloom Where You Are Planted. And that's that's what you're doing. You're called to ministry. Um, it may be different than some churches, but you are there, uh, you know, taking on whatever you can, engage in whatever you can because you, you feel called to it. And even now at the stage of your life, pursuing education. We never stop, we need, and we shouldn't stop pursuing and being part of God's purpose and plan for our lives. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. Well, this has been episode 55 of the Nefesh podcast with uh, uh, Joyce Horton sharing her story of involvement, calling to ministry, and uh, what things are looking like in, in her neck of the woods all the way over there in rural New York. And... Uh, have been, uh, it has been good to have her on, and we will talk to all of you next.